If your main origination tools are still a massive Excel spreadsheet and an old-school Rolodex, you've come to the right place. Matthew Hardcastle from DealCloud stops by to tell us how GPs can leverage technology to streamline operations, how one client saved on processing 55,000 emails, and how AI-driven data analysis is closer than you might realize. We'll see if technology can indeed change your work life on this week's episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome back to the podcast. As you may have noticed from the title of this episode, uh, we've got something a little bit different in store for you today. This week's episode is brought to you by DealCloud. DealCloud is a data-powered platform built specifically for the capital markets, providing unified deal, relationship, fund, and compliance management solutions. Its proprietary technology is designed to help deal makers and investment professionals by unifying the entire deal lifecycle, from strategy through to origination and execution. It is indeed no secret that technology is now a massive component of driving value creation at portfolio level for private equity, uh, but also a potential challenge to bear in mind when evaluating investments. But more importantly, perhaps for, for you listeners, GPs themselves have had to navigate this rapidly changing environment for their own operations too. My guest today will offer valuable insight into this trend, seeing as he's recently crossed the bridge between the private equity world and the technology provider area. Matthew Hardcastle joined DealCloud in July last year as Client Development Director, but many of you will be more familiar with him in his previous life as Assistant Director at Inflection Private Equity. Having joined the Meetcap GP in 2014, he worked on deal sourcing and execution, strategic consulting, and post-deal value creation. Matthew, a pleasure to welcome you on the podcast. Thank you very much for stopping by. Thanks very much, Greg. It's great to be here. Um, so can you tell us a, a little bit more about your kind of your move from one world to the other and what prompted you to join DealCloud? Absolutely. So as, as you've said already, I, I was at Inflection for, for roughly five years. I joined a relatively small mid-market GP and left a very large multi-billion pound house that, in, that Inflection is today. Um, as you've said, I, I got involved across the uh, across the life cycle of, of an, an investment with a big focus on sourcing and origination. Um, the strategy there at Inflection that we, we pursued for origination was really underpinned by data. The idea being that there are very few surprise companies for a mid-market house like Inflection in the current market. And after we proved the concept um, with an in-house platform, I then led the project to implement DealCloud. Going on that journey, um, I reached a conclusion very similar to the one that our founder, Ben Harrison, had when he was building DealCloud, that technology can be a really powerful in this market, but that the industry nuances can make it quite hard to use generic products. That really converged with my own desire to take a bit of a change in direction and get operationally hands-on, and DealCloud seemed like a really natural move um, to a product I understood serving a market that I'd grown up in. Yeah, so you, obviously having all that experience, um, I'm as you said, you've had a good idea of what it is that the GPs have, what they could have, what they could do. Um, if we look at, at the current picture across the board, I'm sure it's vastly different between you know different firms, even different sectors of the sort of GP landscape. I'm sure you can talk us through that. But overall, what's the sort of level of technology adoption um, that we're seeing in the GP landscape at the moment? Absolutely. It's a great question. So historically, it's been pretty low. It's definitely something that's that's growing. I think the, the strongest area has been in uh, sort of core business functions, payroll, accounting, HR, where you've had discrete systems. There's been a bit of a trend recently, in fact, quite a big trend to put in port portfolio management systems to look at tracking an individual asset level. 
Ultimately, the day jobs of the investment professionals are something that's not received a lot of attention so far. Even when you've got a CRM system in one of these houses, they still run on Outlook spreadsheets and a shared drive. And let's be clear, it's it's 2020. Spreadsheets, Outlook and back of the napkin notes doesn't exactly make us a sophisticated house. As Deal Cloud, we sort of think this deserves a bit more attention. Um, we're focused on sort of trying to upgrade the tools and resources that we give these professionals to make them more effective. Um, if firms are wanting to sort of really maintain um, those strong relationships with LPs um, running their funding, run, fundraising rounds, maintaining their relationships with bankers, they really need some sort of first-class technology behind that. Um, we see a number of different threads to this. I think one of the core ones is that this technology has to be central to the firm. So everyone has to put the information in, which creates this store of, of value. Um, and I think sort of the real question that we find drives the adoption and the levels of adoption and change is whether a GP is actually getting any value from the technology that they, they use. Ultimately, we tend to see that benefit come where the technology fits their firm rather than having to force themselves into someone else's platform. If it's just ticking a box, it, it won't deliver value. Mm. And actually, that's, uh, that box ticking aspect is, uh, is I think, quite important to that sort of conversation. Because um, one of the, the drivers behind this trend towards you know, having greater uh, use of data, transparency, and, and notably in terms of reporting, for, for us, would mostly stem from you know, LP, the evolution of LP demands, which I'm sure is one of the drivers. Is that the case? Um, and, and do you see any other kind of external factors that have pushed them to be a bit more proactive in saying, let's sort this out, let's sort having you know these vastly different systems and an Excel spreadsheet uh, all, all at the same time? Absolutely. There's been a lot of ink spilled working out what's driving these changes. Um, you're spot on with LP, LP demands. Um, LPs are the ultimate customer um, for, a, for a GP. And so if they require something, request something, ask about something, it tends to get a lot of focus internally, as, as, I'm, sure you could, as I'm sure you could imagine. Um, I think what we're finding now is that that's only one part of the story. Really, what we're seeing is technology is not necessarily setting firms apart by having it. It's more that they know how to use it and the exceptions of people without some level of technology in place somewhere in their business. Um, LPs are exerting pressure day to day, you know, as they're requesting information. That's been a big driver behind portfolio monitoring. Increasingly in their due diligence, they're getting down into the operational ways that houses are running and what they're doing to give themselves competitive advantage. Um, I think it contributes, um, but ultimately the most forward-thinking thinking firms really see this technology as an asset. And I think that's where the competitive question comes into play. Um, ultimately, they're using data to drop behind their decision-making. It allows them to make smart calls consistently, faster and with more conviction than if they don't have a data source to draw down on. And what we're seeing is that those firms with the highest adoption are the same firms that are at the top of the fundraising, deal-making and return lead tables. So it's it's across the board. It's um, it, it, not only in terms of reporting to two LPs, which would be the, the, the easiest one to grasp, but also in terms of origination, uh, managing financing. Is that the sort of... of, of uses that we see for, for technology. Uh, absolutely. There's, you know, tens of these different processes that run in any GP. 
you know, fundraising is one, origination is a, is a classic one, marketing is another, co-investment processes, financing. All of these processes, we're seeing GPs get a lot smarter as they're searching for that little bit of, little bit of edge. And ultimately, they want the data to tell them where they should be spending time, with which relationships they've got the most leverage, and what, you know, what their information and their presence in the market is really able to tell them to inform their deal making. And um, having interacted with quite a lot of them now uh, in your in your past life at Inflection, but also now at Deal Cloud, um, is there any area in particular where do you think uh, adoption has been a bit more um, a bit quicker, and, and areas where perhaps it's been lagging a little bit? Um, again, going back to these themes of you know either it's for origination or it's more for IR fundraising. Which ones kind of did they grasp full on early on, and which ones are still kind of ripe for for improvement? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. Um, there's a handful of GPs that have consistently used technology very well. There are some you know, really large household names where for the last 10 years they have underpinned their operations with tech. But I think if you bring it back more down into you know, the mainstream and what people will recognise, investor relations and origination have been two really strong users of technology. Ultimately, robust data and processes are the toolkit that they use to be best in class in their roles. That's how they do their job. So they've always been strong adopters. Marketing is an interesting one for me. Um, Historically, investment in marketing functions and adoption of tools has, has been relatively low. A lot of spreadsheets, very straightforward messages going out. I think a shift that is happening is that GPs are starting to view themselves a little more as businesses with stakeholders and end markets that they want to influence. LPs, intermediaries and executives, if you break it down really simply. And strong marketing and messaging going out consistently can be a real differentiator in terms of putting you back in front of all those key stakeholders all of the time. Um, The other area that that we're seeing um, a lot of uptake is in intermediary management. So if you're a GP, this is managing your lenders and, and managing your investment banks and corporate finance relationships. Most funds will have dug into this data at some point, looking at the volume of deals, their quality, the quality of service they get and the fees. What we're now seeing is clients structuring this data, pulling it straight out of DealCloud or another CRM system that they might be using, and then really having that consistent data set to inform their discussions with these relationships and help them apportion their time and their, their reciprocity. And I guess you've just mentioned Deal Cloud. Uh, we've we've kind of set the kind of set the scene and looked at looked at the trend and the drivers behind it. Now probably a good time for you to tell us a little bit more uh, about what it is that uh, Deal Cloud does, uh, and maybe highlight the main benefit that um, your clients are able to get out of it. Absolutely. So if I wind it all the way back, Deal Cloud was founded in in 2010 by a team of former deal professionals with a pretty deep knowledge of the public and private capital markets. Um, our co-founder, Ben Harrison, had worked as a, private equ- as a private equity investor for several years and was frustrated by the limitations of the technology they were using at his fund. He found, pretty fa- found out pretty fast that generic and horizontal CRM designed for large global sales forces doesn't really work for private equity. It's very hard to retrofit the underlying technology to manage complex relationships, deal structures and workflows that you get within a private equity house. If you bring us forward 10 years, our mission's the same. Our platform is completely proprietary, flexible, and a real alternative to traditional CRMs. Um, 
we really spend a lot of time understanding the nuances and complexities of the industry, and we design and innovate that product, the interface that our clients use and the experience that they have on it to serve the GPs, LPs, and advisors across multiple asset classes. Back in 2018, we joined forces with Intap, which is a market-leading cloud solution provider in the professional services industry, to really help institutional investment managers firms shift to a modern organisational strategy and keep gaining that edge in an increasingly competitive market. We're backed by Great Hill and Partners and Temasek Holdings, who are two leading private equity managers. Okay, and what are the uh, main benefits that your clients are able to get from the solution? I think the easiest way to to illustrate that is just to give a couple of examples. So one comes from my own firm, my former fund Inflection. Um, We were always very careful to log the companies that we reviewed, whether or not they were a, a live deal. And over time, that built into a very valuable resource that the whole firm, including new hires and senior partners, were able to leverage. So anyone could see at a click what we did and didn't know about a given company. Was that was that done on a kind of an in-house system or was that a spreadsheet? What was the sort of the, the thinking? As, as with all good data sets, it started life <laughs> as a spreadsheet. The power of Excel. <laughs> when, it, when it got to 10,000 rows, we, we gave the spreadsheet Fair its enough. retirement. <laughs> On we, we moved to a, a proprietary platform that we built ourselves at, at really low cost just to prove that this was going to be a valuable resource. And ultimately, that formed the core of Inflection's deal cloud deployment. So that sort of taken together, really formed a, a strong bank of knowledge that everyone in the firm was so able to So you don't to have access. to kind of start over or anything like that. It kind of migrates to, to that platform. Exactly. And that's a, lot, you know, that's a lot of what we do with our clients is trying to hoover up data from around their organizations to bring it into, into their deal cloud deployments. Another example is Hamilton Lane, which is a name I'm sure lots of people will be Familiar with, they're a very large uh, global alternative investment management firm. They're also a great user of technology. So when they deployed DealCloud, we successfully collapsed 12 software platforms that they were using onto DealCloud. And we've been told by them that we've saved them 55,000 emails <laughs> per year. Never mind the money. It's the Never emails. mind the money. It's the email traffic <laughs> that counts. So I think that gives a bit of a sense for the flexibility and the span that we're able to do across even very, very large organizations. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's not going to stop there. You might have uh, plans for the future. Uh, any particular areas that you're focusing on in terms of development at the moment? Absolutely. So data is a big part of our strategy. Um, all of our clients use multiple data providers um, and increasingly they want all of that fed into one place. So they want to be able to see the pitch book, the cap IQ, the fact set entry alongside their proprietary data within DealCloud. Um, as part of our strategy, we're, we'll be adding in 2020 S&P cap IQ fact set, as well as pre- upgrading our prequin and pitch book integrations that are already online. Um, Mobile is a very big use case for us. Most of our partners, and particularly the senior folks at our funds and, and LPs and advisors, work mobile first. Um, we've got a next generation of mobile app coming out, which is going to really enable them to not have to be office-based at all in order to generate the full value from the product. We've also got some features coming in around automations and workflows, and I think this sort of ties back to some of the use cases that we've not necessarily touched on just yet, but some of the areas like deal execution and how you're able to really support some of the professionals in the more complicated workflows that that happen around deal execution 
So our automations and workflows are getting an upgrade this year as, as well. Okay. Um, one of the big themes that, that we've seen uh, coming through in, in terms of data adoption within private equity, especially on the origination side, is around AI. Uh, it's obviously a big buzzword beyond the world of private equity, but uh, you know, with, with uh, origination platforms that now kind of try and leverage that, that power to, to get an extra edge in, in deal sourcing, um, I would imagine that might be on your radar. It is indeed on our radar. <laughs> okay. I think we've found at the minute the technology is able to do some things but not others. The focus we're putting on the AI side currently is to really enhance data capture. So it's being able to bring data into Deal Cloud without human intervention. So that's sort of already on our roadmap. And if we were, you know, if I put my crystal ball out and look out two or three years, I think there'll be a lot more capacity and capability in these platforms to let us query them with natural language. So ask them straightforward questions. You know, when did I last see PwC? How much have we got, you know, with Calsters? And for the platform to be able to return some of those results as well. But so actually uh, talking about AI, because obviously the, the, the more uh, advanced it gets, I think the more that question tends to, to, uh, to become apparent and, and to play devil's advocate a little bit. Some market participants um, have sometimes been wary of technology solutions um, in, in the past as a threat to more human-driven advisory services. Uh, and I think the ones where it, it, it kind of came up was around the private placement, fund admin, legal services as well, actually. Um, do you have any ambition to, to replace some of these services? Uh, or do you think there's still a lot of value to be had in that kind of human-driven advisory? Uh, absolutely not. There's a huge amount of value to be had in that, that human-driven advisory. Ultimately, it's a human-dependent business. Deals are done based on relationships and, and trust, um, and I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. We see ourselves as enabling dealmakers to work harder or work better, um, but ultimately it's never going to replace their expertise and as an example, you know, if we were back in gold rush days, DealCloud is selling the picks and shovels. Dealmakers are the ones who use them to create value. Well, Matthew, I think, uh, unfortunately, that's all the time we have uh, this week. Um, it's a fascinating topic uh, and one that's evolving just as rapidly as the, the technology that's actually driving it. Um, there will be a link in the podcast notes so that listeners can check out DealCloud in, in a bit more detail. Uh, so all that's left for me to do is uh, thank you very much for, for stopping by. Uh, it was really great chatting with you. Thank you very much, Greg. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you all for listening, of course. Uh, we'll have more of these more in-depth interviews coming to you this year uh, and a couple more exciting new formats as well. Uh, be sure to subscribe on your favourite platform and keep an eye out for our next episode. See you next time on the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Mm-hmm.